Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and my co-host, Jason. What's up, y'all? So this week, we did a missing person case, um, and you guys know by listening to this show that missing person stories are always harder to tell because there's usually not a lot of information, and the information that we have usually doesn't really tell us very much, and that's part of the problem. So. Athena's story um, was one of those stories. There wasn't a ton of information, but the inform- a lot of the information that we did have was a big thanks to her family, her sister in particular, who, you know, started a website and keeps the website up to date, um, has information about Athena, and she really led the charge to get her story um, into the mainstream media, and that's how it was featured on True Crime Daily and Dateline and things like that. And, you know, unfortunately. That's what a lot of Black families in this situation have to do is, is be their own advocates because they have such a hard time getting these stories elevated into the press. And it really takes an effort on their part. And every family doesn't have that in them. And that's why there are so many stories where there's not a lot of information and you can't blame the family because unless you've been in that position, you never really know what it's like to to go through that. And so you can't judge and say, well, if it was me, I would do X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, it's always what we would do or what we, you know, may do, but you never know until you're in that situation. And, you know, every family is not, every, everybody's not on social media. Everybody's not social media savvy. Everybody doesn't know even where to start in terms of trying to get attention to cases. Um, but when they do know and they are able to, it does make a difference. It does It does make a difference, and it helps to get these stories um, into the press in a way that they, they wouldn't on their own. And so a lot of the information that we found out about Athena's story this week was thanks to her, her family and her sister. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and kind of say that because I know a lot of people sometimes question, you know, you know, well, if I was the, I would, if I was their family, I would have did this and, you know, but like I said, you never know, you know, but it it's a big help when you're able to. So, yeah, that was a little beginning of this week's story. Okay, well, uh, before we get into the uh, background of the story, um, I did Google the case after 
um, you told the story, of course, uh, these cases, um, I don't know a lot about a lot of information about these cases until you cover the case. And I went to Google the case and there wasn't a lot of coverage on this particular case. Um, you couldn't find out a lot about um, just the intricate little details about the case. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was good that you covered this. Give us some insight about uh, what happened to Athena Curry. So Athena Curry was a 20-year-old woman who disappeared from Atlanta, Georgia. Athena was originally from Portland, and she had moved to Georgia because uh, initially it was for school. She was a junior in high school and had gone on a tour of a HBCU in Georgia. I'm not sure which one, um, but she decided that she wanted to attend that school, and her sister was already living in Georgia, and so she asked her parents if she could move there so that she could establish residency so she would be able to take care, take um, advantage, I should say, take, take advantage of in-state tuition. And so her parents agreed and she moved to Georgia, started her senior year of high school there. And then halfway through her senior year, she met a man named Youssef Mujahid and they started dating. Now, the thing about Youssef was Youssef was five years older than uh, Athena at the time. So she was 17, 18 years old, and he was in his 20s, early 20s, 23. And so they met, they started dating. She kept it from her family for a long time. But after she graduated from high school, they moved in together. Eventually, Athena gets pregnant with their son, King. But the relationship is just very tumultuous, that there's domestic violence, that there's a whole bunch of issues in their relationship. But because they have a son and Athena is you know, young, she still is depending on him financially, you know, she's keeping in contact with him and, you know, she is in love with this man at this point. So they're going back and forth in their relationship. So Memorial Day, the week of Memorial Day weekend, 2011, she goes over to his house. Now, this is something that she normally did. But that Wednesday, she calls her friend and talks about how she got into this fight with him and he put his hands on her, ripped her hair out. Um, that Friday, she talks to her sister. She tells her sister everything is fine. And then that's the last time that anyone ever speaks to Athena. The following Monday, she gets a call from... Um, the following Tuesday, I should say, she gets a call from Yusef asking her if she's talked to Athena. Of course, she hasn't. And then he tells her that the last time he saw Athena was at 3 o'clock in the morning on Saturday when they got into an argument and she stormed out of the house and left their son there and all of her belongings and, and she hasn't been seen. You know, he hasn't heard from her since. So Athena is reported missing and, you know, there's a search and... They check his house and search his house, but there's no evidence, and Athena is nowhere to be found. She basically has disappeared without a trace. And so here we are 12 years later. She's still missing, and her family is still searching for her. So that's the kind of recap of, of, the, of this week's episode. Um, it seems like just in the recent weeks, um, you've told uh, a lot of uh, this brand of stories. Mm -hmm. um, and just a question, is there any reason why, you know, just particularly that you have chosen these stories? It's kind of coming back to the same theme. 
Not really. I don't know. I not it's not intentional, I should say. I think that unfortunately a lot of these stories carry this theme and um yeah, no, so it's not it's not intentional. It's just been very coincidental. I you know, these cases have stand, stood out to me for one reason or another. And maybe it is because they um you know, are connected to each other in some way. They have some similar theme and that may be what is attracting me to these particular stories. But no, I just, you know, these are stories that need to be told and especially in this particular story because Athena is still missing. You know, I always try to um, find the stories of the missing and especially stories where there's enough information to tell a story. And I had never heard of Athena's story. So it was definitely uh, one one that I wanted to tell, but no particular reason. Okay, so we're going all the way to um, Atlanta, Georgia. And um, it's so funny because in uh, the last story that you told, uh, it involved a significant other. And of course, this story involves um, a significant other. Um, So just just tell me some of the things uh, in regards to that Mm -hmm. that kind of sticks out uh, about this case, how you feel about it, and... Um, I guess we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, in these stories, like I said, a lot of times, and and if you've been listening to the show for a while, then you know this, that a lot of times the domestic violence element is very, is is a common thread in these stories. That's that's something that is very, um, I should say, that's something that happens a lot in these stories. It is rare for me to find stories where the killers are like, uh, the brother and sister in the Gail Smith case or a friend or, you know, someone else. A lot of times in these stories, it is an intimate partner or an ex-partner that is responsible for um, these women's murders or is a suspect in their disappearances. So that is something that is just, it, it's a sad fact of these stories. And it's not, like I said, I don't go seeking out particular types of stories. I just look for stories that I think need to be told. And they just sometimes happen to have these common threads because I think, unfortunately, these this is a common way in which Black women are murdered. And we all know also that statistically, People are murdered by people that they know, more likely are murdered by people that they know. You know, there, like I said, I've said this before, like there is random violence, there's robberies, there's, you know, things like the carjackings. But most of the time, people are murdered by people that they know. And so, so yeah, so that's 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 my kind of reason, you know, I guess not reasoning, but explanation as to, you know, that kind of similarities in these stories and and the this story and the last stories that I've told. Okay, let's go with something else um interesting about this case. So, this story is is like I said, when you're dealing with a missing person case, there's so little information and you pointed out the fact that even when you google this case, there's just not a lot of information. Uh there's not a lot of news stories. It has been 12 years and so that's going to contribute to the lack of information, but even from the start, it's one thing that her family said that it just didn't get attention. And we know that's that's why we do this show. Like these stories don't get that level of attention. Even if it's a local story, it usually stays a local story. It doesn't go beyond that. But in Athena's story, the 
the disappearance in and of itself is the, the 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 most questionable thing, obviously. And the details of that, of course, we don't know all of the details, but when Athena left or when she allegedly left that home with Yusef, it's 3.30 in the morning. Athena doesn't drive. Yusef doesn't have a car. And so you have these questions about, well, number one, why would she leave in the middle of the night? Even if it's an argument, you you we we've had arguments. People know you you get angry. Sometimes you're not thinking, so you have to think. Well, maybe she wasn't thinking and and did storm out the house. If if you're talking about somebody who's abusing her allegedly, this is domestic violence. Then she could have been leaving to get away from him. The question is, what happened to her then? What happened to her next? She didn't just leave and vanish into thin air. Why didn't she, did she take her cell phone? It, why didn't she take her cell phone um, if she didn't? And that's something that I don't think that she did. You know, we know that she left her personal belongings behind, and I assume that her cell phone was included in this, but I don't know that for sure. But it just is like, why, where did she go after that? If if Yusef's explanation or his, um, you know, re- retelling of events is true, then what happened? And why didn't anybody see where? Did she walk somewhere? Did someone else encounter her? And that part of the story, of course, is where it all begins. Now, obviously, how you feel about that party story, part of the story comes down to whether or not you believe Yusuf's account of events that night or not. If you don't believe him, then it doesn't matter because your questions all lie with what did he do and what happened. But if you think, well, maybe he is telling the truth and she did storm out, then you question why is there no trace of her leaving? Even at 3.30 in the morning, we're not talking about some small town. I'm not really sure of this area of where this exact area where she was, you know what I mean? Like what the neighborhood was. I Googled the street. Um, and I looked at it, um, and it, it didn't look like Philly, I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you looked, know, it's the South. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know south. much about uh, the town she lived in in Georgia, mm-hmm. but I did Google the street, and it looked more rural, looked mm-hmm. more um, suburban. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if, if that's wrong, I mean, if somebody can just correct me or put it in— um, in, in a chat or send us a message. Like, to me, it looked like a very, very decent um, neighborhood. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I and I, like I said, it's always different. You, you When you don't know the city, like, it's harder to determine, like, what that area was like, you know, or area is like. Like, if it was Philly, we'd be like, oh, that's, you know, of course, there's people all around, you know what I mean? But right. it, it could be very different, especially, and, and let's not... We can't, we can't ignore the fact that this was 3.30 in the morning. We're not talking about 3.30 in the afternoon. We're talking about 3.30 in the morning. So I'm assuming that there wasn't a ton of people on the street. Even in Philly at 3.30 in the morning, there's not a bunch of people on the street. This is not New York. You know what I mean? Here yeah. in New York, there seem to be people out 24 hours a day. But right. in, in normal cities, no no shade, there's New York. But in regular cities, at 3.30 in the morning, there's not really a lot going on, yeah. especially— Everybody's sleep. Yeah, everybody's sleep. You know what I mean? Even on a Friday, like, you know, unless you're talking about, like, a downtown area. Area where there's, you know, bars maybe closing and there's clubs and something. But in a normal neighborhood, 3.30 in the morning, there's not going to be a lot of people out. But, you know, I, I that, that part of the story, it's, it's really 
it's it's sad because we don't have any of that information. So what what it is is that she disappeared into the night because as much as, you know, as hard as I always try when I'm looking for the stories, I'm looking for every single detail that I could find. And I couldn't find anything that was leading me to any information about what could have possibly happened. Even a even a theory of what could have possibly happened if she did leave that house that night. And that is, that's, you know, that's a, a big part of this story that's missing. It's a big hole in the, in the in, you know, the story. Okay. Um, so as far as the uh, abuse is, um, you know, a big topic uh, just concerning this story, uh, is there anything interesting you have around that? that part of the story, the, the, um, domestic abuse? Yeah. I mean, so Athena being in this relationship with Yusuf, him being older than her, that's, you know, an automatic kind of red flag to me because when he met this girl, she was in high school. And sometimes men like that like to date younger women because they think that they're easier to control or to manipulate. And, Unfortunately, I think that that that, that this one is was one of those situations. Athena met him when she, you know, just she was coming from Portland. She didn't know this area. She met this guy. You know, he's nice looking. He got his own house. He got a good job. All of these things, and she was impressed by that because you know she was young, and I think that he was able to manipulate her. So even when you know, the alleged domestic violence was happening. There's, you know, apparently after she disappeared, her sister was was able to find, like, a journal of hers also that she kept. And she, you know, chronicled these fights between her and Yusef where he would get violent and he would put his hands on her. And so this was something that she had been experiencing for a while with him. And... It's it's a part of the story that you can't ignore, especially since this young woman disappears from his home. Now, like I said, we only know what we know. We know what he said, and that's pretty much it. And so we can draw our own conclusions or have our own opinions, but it is also very, like I said, it's also very hard to ignore the fact that there was this alleged domestic violence in their relationship. And at 20 years old, you know, it, it's easy to understand how she kept getting sucked back into back into his, that. You know, they they had a child. Uh, she who who knows how many relationships she had been in before. I mean, this could have been her first. I mean, who knows what the situation was? But at twenty, like I said, at twenty years old, it would have been easy easier for him in his mind, at least to be able to control this situation and control her. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's sad. It's just, you know, it's, it's a shame. And like I said, I don't know how much that, or if that is a contributing factor to her disappearance, but it is, like I said, hard to ignore that that was an element or an alleged element of this relationship. And then he is the last person to see her. That's just, you can't ignore that at all. Okay, so going forward with um, interesting things about this case, shocking things about this case, um, is there anything else that um, you want to add just as far as 
um, the case overall and, you know, things that uh, was done, things that was not done. Um, any insight on that? Yeah. So when it comes to, like, cases involving women who are being abused or domestic violence, a, a lot of times people question their actions. Well, why didn't she call the police? Well, why didn't she, you know, do this? Well, why didn't she do that? And I think what we know is that that's a common thing for women who are involved in these situations that are in situations involving domestic violence. A lot of times they don't say anything. A lot of times they don't even tell their friends, their family, and they definitely don't tell the police. And when you look at like the story we did last week, the difference, I believe, you know, when you're looking at it is that Tiana was no longer in this relationship. She had decided that she did not want to be with this man anymore. And so there was no back and forth. She was just done. And and so that's why she may have felt more empowered to go to the police, you know, tell people what was going on. If you're someone like Athena, who is still very much involved in the relationship and the romantic part of the relationship, it makes it a little harder to let go and to tell people because there is this part of you that keeps coming back or that that you actually keep coming back. So, you know, that doesn't stand out to me as something that necessarily wasn't done or not done, but it's just something that I wanted to point out because I know sometimes people, you know, they question the the actions of of victims of domestic violence and and we shouldn't because if you have never been in that position, then like I said, even even at the beginning of the episode, if you've never been in the position where someone goes missing, you can't say what you would do, what you would do. And it's the same thing for um victims of domestic violence. Um, so yeah, but I also think that it's very interesting, you know, like I said, we don't have a lot of information, but I have questions about when they searched Yusef's house. Now, that's the last place that Tiana was. I mean, I'm sorry, that Athena, talking about Tiana, that was the last place that Athena was, was at Yusef's house. And you would, you, you're, you're, as I'm going through this story and I'm researching this story, I'm thinking, okay, well, when they search his house, they're going to find something. Even if it's not like a smoking gun, they would find something. The fact that they found absolutely nothing raises so many more questions. Because we would assume that whatever happened took place inside that house because they didn't have a car. He didn't have a car. And the neighbors didn't hear anything. Now, that this doesn't necessarily mean anything because, like I said, at 3.30 in the morning, maybe people were dead asleep and they didn't hear anything. But we do know that the neighbors were already kind of aware of issues going on at... Yusuf's house because one of their arguments, him and Athena's arguments, had poured out onto the lawn, and neighbors had called the police because he was 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 attacking her. So we know that the neighbors are somewhat aware of this house and this you know situation, and so it does beg the question: if it if it, if nothing happened to her in the house and they found nothing in the house, 
you know, it's 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 frustrating because you would hope that they found something. You know, that would that would be the 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 a piece to the puzzle. I wouldn't say the only piece, but it would be a piece to the puzzle if they were able to find something, and they weren't able to find anything. And even like I said before, I'm not sure if they found Athena's cell phone. Now, this is 2011, so she she had a cell phone, and her sister was calling her cell phone. And by Monday, when her sister was calling her, the phone was going straight to voicemail. But there's no information about whether Athena's phone was with her or, or not, or I shouldn't say with her, or whether the phone was missing or whether the phone was found inside the house, which I also think is another significant detail because... I would assume that if you're mad, you would take your phone. I would take my phone. That's the that's the one thing I am going to take. Like, I'm going to take my phone. Why would I leave and not take my only means of communication? Even if I decide I'm going to go for a walk, I'm going to walk down to the store or the gas station. That's so, like, why wouldn't I take my phone with me? Um, so the fact that, you know, like I said, the fact that Yusef's house was searched and nothing was found, and then also there's no information about the cell phone, is is very, um, it sticks out to me. And because usually in these cases, when we have a cell phone, we can at least try to track the cell phone or pinpoint the last location of the cell phone. And in this situation, we don't even have that. And we don't even have any information about the cell phone. No last calls, last texts, when the cell phone was turned off. That information is is missing from, you know, from the public, from, you know. I'm not saying the investigators don't have it. They just they just haven't released it to us. So we yeah. have no idea. Yeah. Um, when I went on the, of course, um, so I went on the site, uh, Atlanta Police Department site. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think you would think uh, a general search in this case, it would bring up more than just her name and her, um, you know, her attributes, you know, how yeah. tall she was mm-hmm. and eye color and height and um it really brought up nothing like you know so um i could feel you in that situation yeah it's it's like i said if it wasn't for the efforts of her family her sister we would know even less about this case like it it has been featured on um like i said true crime daily and it wasn't featured on dateline but dateline does the missing in america series where they will interview the family and then they usually just release like an an article i think they do have a podcast now but i don't i don't know if they had it at the time when they interviewed her family but you know they did cover the story and it has been covered in that way but like i said that's been because of the effort of her family and not because the media has just automatically just been interested in the story. And when it first happened, like I said, when these stories first happen and it needs that attention in the immediate aftermath of the disappearance, it's not getting that attention. And that's the problem with these stories. It's not that they never get attention, but sometimes they do, but sometimes it's a year, two years, three years after the fact, when we needed that, and we needed that type of um, attention within the first 48, 72 hours of when this happened, because that's when those are the most critical hours. Yeah, it always helps to tell these stories. That's why I'm telling I'm telling this story 12 years later, because it always helps to keep telling these stories, even when it's been a decade or over. But the media, what we what we need from the media is for them to tell these stories in real time when they're happening. And, you know, Athena's story, no, it did not get that attention in those um, 
immediate days and weeks after she went missing. And so there's things that we just we just don't know. We just don't have. Yeah. And I also think that um, Black Girl Gone is a platform where where um, you telling these stories just indicates how much they don't tell these stories and how much people don't know mm-hmm. uh, what happened in some of these cases. So um, a few people might know. And if you follow, you know, maybe uh, some other true crime outlets, you might know. Yeah, exactly. But if you're a normal, citizens and, uh, a normal citizen and don't follow, you know, maybe uh, a certain true crime program, then you don't know these stories at all. No, you, know you don't. I mean? You don't know. And and a lot of you, you know, you guys, you know, comment and you'll say, oh, I never heard of this story. I, I live in this city. I live in this town. I never heard of this. And so that, that you know, that's that's what you're saying. Like, even people, they, they'll live in this city. They'll live in the place where this happened and they'll never have heard of this story. So, yeah, it's easy for these stories to not have been heard. And like you said, unless you're a true crime junkie and this has been covered on another show or another podcast, the likelihood of you having heard this story when it happened is very slim. And, you know, that's why Black Girl Gone is, that's that's why we're here. That's why we exist. And like I said, we don't necessarily are a real-time news outlet where we're reporting live from the scene. But, you know, I've said this before, the purpose of the show is to create a normalcy around telling these type of stories, not around crime against Black women or missing Black women, but just a normalcy around telling these stories and how important it is to tell these stories and hoping that that catches the attention of the right people and they start telling these stories in real time and realizing how much of a difference it can make in solving these murders or finding these missing women. So, Yeah, so... um I totally agree, and I think uh, that's some really good insight. Um, so let's get to the um, questions of this week. Um, do you want to start with questions this week? Um, I have something that I pulled from IG, um, but if you have something before that, uh, we can start with your questions for this week if you want to try yeah, uh, to pull cool. anything you have. Mm-hmm. What yeah, you got? I do. Okay, so uh, the question I have, uh, I'm going to read, question slash comment. It says, why didn't she just go to her sister's house? The sister seemed like she didn't play any games. The sister knew that the boyfriend was capable of hurting Athena. Victims have to stop trying to save the abuser. And uh, I think this is an interesting question because I think if you listen to this episode, then a lot of you probably had the same question about why didn't she just go to her sister's house that Wednesday when they had gotten to that argument. And like I was saying before, you know, it's easy for us to sometimes judge someone else's situation when we're not in that situation. But I think that this was something that Athena had been going through for a while. And a lot of it, she hadn't told her sister. There was things that she had told her sister, but she hadn't told her the extent of it. And from what I could gather, the injuries that she had were visible. And so she didn't want to show up at her sister's house. She knew that what was what was going to happen. She knew how her sister was going to react. And so that would have escalated the situation, I'm, I'm sure. And... I would guess in that Athena's mind, she just didn't want to add to the level of drama that already was happening. And like I said, this was something that she had been dealing with for a while. And so she probably 
just felt like this was just another one of those situations. And, and that's why she didn't go home. I don't necessarily think it was in, in with the intent of protecting Yusef in terms of, you know, protecting her abuser. But yeah, I don't think that she didn't necessarily want to escalate the situation. And it it just would have made things worse in her mind. And, and because, like I said, there were things that she hadn't told her sister, this would have been a, a big deal. It wasn't like her sister was fully aware of everything that was happening. She knew that there was issues. She knew that there had been some instances of domestic violence, but she didn't know how frequent it it was happening and how bad it had really gotten. So, so yeah, but you know, I think that's, I think that's why, I think that's, that's why. Okay. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a good answer. I didn't see that question. So, um, that was a good question slash comment Mm -hmm. to to kind of start off, off with. Um, the, the one that I did see that uh, struck me is the one that said, um, how do these killers keep getting away with this? And um, of course, the reason why it struck me is because um, there was no real evidence, um, I guess you could say, because they couldn't really pull uh, him into this situation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we see all the time where uh, just people in general get convicted on such circumstantial mm-hmm. evidence. You were the last person with them. Yeah. They were in this house. Yeah. You were the last person to contact them. Mm-hmm. And then they sent them to jail for they forever. Yeah. Just off circumstantial evidence. Why do you think that, you know, this just went nowhere? Like, why? Uh, yeah, I don't How? know. I don't even think that they had enough circumstantial evidence. I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to be able to tell what police have found out. And and a lot of the the reporting that I did find, and even when it was covered on some true crime programming, police uh, would not really make any statements about the case because they, um, you know, the, the case is open. And so they, you know, said that we can't speak on certain things about the case. So there are things about this story or about this case that we just don't know. And I don't, can't say the police don't know, but we don't know. And they clearly have not been able to find enough evidence, even circumstantial wise, that would be able to lead them to a suspect or identify what happened. I think that the fact that the last place that she was known to be being Yusef's house and then there was nothing found there that probably started off the, you know, kind of dead end of evidence because, like I said, you would as- you would assume that you would have found something there. Like I said before, like, I feel like you would have assumed that you would have found something there. And the fact that they found nothing there, um, yeah, it just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's very strange. It's very strange. It's like I said, we know that people don't just disappear. They don't just vanish. Something happens to them. If they have not left voluntarily, which uh, we can pretty much assume did not happen in this case, then something happened to them. Someone made them disappear. And like I said, the fact that there's no information about her movements after she left and, you know, like I said, what I could find in terms of investigation has been zilch. Like, 
there's, you know, there were searches. They did the other, besides the fact that they um, searched Yusef's house, you know, we do know that they talked to him several times. Um, every time they talked to him, they said that he was, for the most part, cooperative. It, they just haven't, you know, they just, whatever, like I said, whatever it is, they haven't found enough. And I'm not saying they haven't found anything because we don't know, but clearly, clearly it's just not enough. That's just... Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, it obviously is not enough. And, um, you know, sometimes that's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so is there anything else you have question-wise? Um, I didn't see any other questions um, in IG. I know we didn't do Spotify questions this week, so. Yeah, that's my bad. I forgot. Um, I do see one more question. And I did kind of talk about this a little bit, but this is a point that I didn't go in on. And this is actually a really good question. Comment. So she says, I always say that I always say the abusive man did it. Since they didn't have a car and dogs didn't find a scent, I'm wondering if he borrowed a car and hurt her somewhere else. Now that's a good question. Like I said, now this is allegedly. Now, if we're allegedly going with the theory that Yusuf did have something to do with it, then that is a very good theory that maybe he did. Did he call someone? And they take her out of there. You know what I mean? Like, did the police ever follow that lead? And that's actually a very, very, very good question because that would make sense as to why no one saw anything, no one heard anything. Um, by the time Yusef calls her sister, it's been two days since since Athena was last seen. Uh, by the time the police go to his house, I'm assuming it has been even longer because she's not even reported missing until June 1st. So I don't know when police go to his house, but it would have been plenty of time for him to clean up any um, sign of a struggle because they were like, there's no sign of a struggle. Why would there be a sign of a struggle? I mean, he does live there and his son was there at the time. So even if something had happened, it's not unlikely that he could have just cleaned everything up and tidied things up before the police got there. Now, the absence of any DNA evidence such as blood, well, we know that there's not always blood. You know, there's there's ways to, to, to kill people that don't involve blood. There's strangulation. Um, her DNA would have been inside the house anyway because she stayed there. So those type of things, her fingerprints would have been there. Those type of things wouldn't have stood out to investigators, even finding hairs or fibers or anything like that. She had been there since Wednesday. So... Yeah, so that, that's actually a really good question. That really makes me think. I didn't even think about that at all. But I think that... I wonder if police have thought about that, you know? The, the possibility that she could have been... That this could have been, you know, a situation like that. Like, he called a friend and said, Hey, listen, I got a situation. I need you to help me get rid of her. And they carried her out that night and... You know, or, you know... Or he had help. He had a friend. I don't know. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 All allegedly. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a good question. That was a really good one. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm going to try to wrap this up mm -hmm. on uh, what I saw the consensus was um, through just the comments I read. Like I said, I didn't read all of them. Mm -hmm. But uh, most most everybody that commented, commented said that, you know, Athena wouldn't have left uh, the kid and just never came back. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of yeah. A lot of people said that, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I saw I, I saw that a few times. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I said, I, I didn't get to read every comment, but um, 
And I think that's kind of the consensus. And of yeah. course, I've seen that before, you know. Yeah, we've I'm, we've done we've, these stories before like this. We've and and you know, we've me and Amar have been married for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Marv's left, went to get a Slurpee from the 7 <laughs> Eleven, and then came right back to the kid. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I've never just left my family for <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, so that's even when they're getting on my last year. Yeah, I mean, so but yeah, no, I that's, mean, that's the consensus. It's yeah, like, I mean, I don't, you know what I mean? Just, just from an honest perspective, like, and when you know a, just weird. Like, when when you know that based on what her family has said about her, that she was a good mom. She was a young mom, but she was a good mom. Yeah. You know, she loved her kids. She really was trying to, you know, a lot a lot of the reason why she was even putting up with the stuff that was going on with Yusuf was, was for, for the her, young, was for the young kid. Yeah, yeah, it was for her son. Um, and as a mother, you can understand that. You can understand why she would have wanted him to be a different person, would have wanted to try to, you know, love him through this. And, you know, because that was the father of her child. Right. And I don't even know if he had any other children. So this might have been his only child. And so she was really trying to make her little family work. Um, and that's understandable. But in terms of her leaving her son. And that, not coming, and not and coming, not coming back. back. Yeah. And in one of I'm the not interview- even trying to hear that because that's never, I mean, just exactly. like I said, I, I hate to say like, you know, because you have all of these all of these different situations, and people go through things, and you and you never know what's going to happen. But just the, it's it's unrealistic. Like if you if you go through something something with someone somebody, and they you know have a difference of opinion or it's an argument, you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to go out for a minute. You, like nine point, you know, I use my nine point nine nine point nine times out of ten, you know, they just went to get some air or yeah. just relax and she then back. then they just come back you know exactly. I mean? and everything's okay you know exactly. what I mean? and so and leaving her that, son there yeah, her son no nah. all of her things like i said the question about the cell phone that's still one of my biggest questions but that to me makes a significant difference like yeah no i don't think that she would have done it and one of the interviews that her sister actually did she said that you know she never left him alone with with Yusef that wasn't something that you know not for more than like she would say like 24 hours like she, she wouldn't just be gone you know and I think right. that I think that based on what we kind of found out about um about Athena and and who she was and what was going on in her life the the the, the idea that she left on her own I think is pretty slim in, in my opinion it's pretty slim that she just up and left I think something happened to Athena what I don't know but I you know and especially we're talking about 12 years now, you know, yeah. she, she's not just, she didn't just start a new life somewhere. So, so yeah. So this week's episode, like I said, you know, we deal with the missing person cases and they're always, you know, a little bit harder to tell um, because of the lack of information. But Athena has been missing for 12 years. And so her story is one that, although it's not being, um, you know, it's not, it's not, as popular as even it was, you know, when it was on these true crime shows that it was, or people are not talking about it. Uh, Athena is still missing, you know, and she deserves that attention. So I was, you know, glad I could do this story and bring this story back to those who have heard of it and maybe forgot about it. And then, you know, of course, bring it to those of you who have never heard about it. But something happened to Athena and hopefully her family will get answers soon, you know? There's there's nothing that is impossible. It seems like 12 years is a very, very long time, and it's even longer when someone's missing. But there has been families that have been able to get answers after even, you know, 
12 years, 20 years. And so it's just important to keep this story elevated and to, and to share this. Um, if you live in that area, you know, it's especially, you know, share this episode because, um, you know, somebody out there could know something and 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 it could really help put in into this to this nightmare for this family and give them that closure that they need. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to say, lastly, mm-hmm. um, as we discussed, um, the National Dom- Domestic Violence Hotline, if anybody is, um, you know, if you're going through something, or if you know somebody that's going through something, um, they have a National Domestic Violence Hotline. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to call that number. Mm-hmm. Um, the number is one 800 799 Seven two three three, and then they have the uh, text start, which is uh, text start to eight eight seven eight eight. And uh, of course, we cover these episodes. It's a lot going on, mm-hmm. uh, but we never want to forget that there is uh, real women, real men, real families going through things, mm-hmm. and everybody deserves healing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, well, that's, yeah, well, thank you for that. Yeah, that's a really important. Yeah, if you, you know, if you if you if you need help, it's it's okay to reach out. There are people out there that that can help you. And um you are not alone. There are people who have been in this this situation and have been able to to get help. So it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to tell people what's going on. I know it might seem scary and embarrassing and you don't want people to know, but um you know, the best thing you can do is 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 tell someone, reach out for help, even if it's through a hotline. So yeah. So that's it for this week. Um, We will, of course, be back again next week with a brand new episode of Black Girl Gone on Monday. And then back again on Thursday with our afterthoughts about the story. Um, As always, I appreciate you guys listening to uh, Afterthoughts and listening to our regular show. And um, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.